Now I don't want to oversell it, but this will change your life. My people, welcome Stulenium Radio, Jonathan Stewart. Today I want to talk to you about diversification and what it can do for your investment portfolio. I don't think you need anything special for this one. Just sit back and enjoy. There's a lot of volatility out there. You gotta be careful. Seems like a good time for us to talk about diversification. All right, diversification. I'm going to start off by telling you what that is, and then we'll give some consideration to what diversification can do for your portfolio. So what is diversification? Well, the easiest way to describe it is with the old adage, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Now, honestly, I don't carry eggs very often, and I don't think I even own a basket. But I still think that I get the point. If you carry all your eggs in one basket and you drop that basket or maybe someone in a new BMW runs over your basket while it's sitting unattended at the mall parking lot, then all of your eggs get broken. You now have zero eggs because you kept all of your eggs in one basket. Congratulations. Have a nice day. So what does this have to do with investing? Well, let's say an investor has a certain percentage of their retirement savings allocated to U.S. equity. Now, if they take that money and buy one stock, let's say ExxonMobil, they are not diversified. They have all their eggs in one basket. The U.S. equity portion of their portfolio is going to ride solely on the performance of that single stock, and in this case, That is going to be directly related to the performance of the oil and gas industry. If Exxon doubles in value, their equity portfolio doubles as well. But if it tanks, their equity portfolio tanks. Okay, so what if they own two stocks? Maybe they put half of their money in Exxon and the other half in ConocoPhillips. Now are they diversified? Uh, I don't think so. They have two investments now, but they are still concentrated in the same industry. The stock prices of companies like Exxon and Conoco tend to move together. They are positively correlated. In fact, companies in the same industry often have a strong positive correlation. I'm looking at a two-year graph of ExxonMobil, ticker symbol XOM, and ConocoPhillips, ticker COP looking at that right now. They don't move together perfectly, but there is a lot of similarity. So the point is that in most time periods, this particular combination of companies would not produce a well-diversified portfolio. Great. So what does a well-diversified portfolio look like? Well, it would generally contain many different stocks spread across all the major sectors and many different industries. 
It probably contained some oil stocks, but it would also have software companies, pharmaceuticals, retail companies, healthcare companies, industrials, media companies, and on and on we go. At some point, you get past the problem of having too large a concentration in one industry. If you own a home builder stock that tanks during the housing slump, maybe you have an oil producer that outperforms the market as oil prices rise. Hopefully, the better performers offset the really bad performers. All right, makes sense. Now, you might be saying, Stuart, I understand what diversification is, but do I want to be diversified? And if so, how many stocks do I need to own in order to be well diversified? Ah, now that's a good question, my friend. So let me unpack this a bit. When I was in school, I think there was a pretty consistent academic answer for this question. The answer was, yes, you absolutely want to be diversified so you can reduce your risk and you probably need something like 30 or 40 different stocks in order to have a well-diversified equity portfolio. It was that easy. From time to time, people would argue that the number needed to be a little higher or a little lower, but in general, diversification was accepted as being beneficial for reducing risk. But in recent years, I've read opinions that argue that diversification may be a bad thing and that the best approach might be just to pick three or four really good stocks in an effort to outperform the market. So what do you think about that? Do you want to diversify and avoid having all your eggs in one basket? Or would you rather put all your eggs in three or four armor-plated baskets that are equipped with a security system and airbags? Maybe we should think about this a bit. So, to diversify or not to diversify? That's a pretty fundamental and important question when it comes to investing. And here's my take on it. Diversification is not an opinion. It's math. Yeah, that's right. It is math. Let's say you put all the ticker symbols for every publicly traded U.S. company in a hat. Now, there is an average return for the companies in that hat. Let's say, for example, that it happens to be 8% for the particular year that we are considering. So if you reach in that hat... Pull out a ticker symbol and invest all of your money in that stock. What is your best guess at the return you will earn? Well, without any company-specific information, I'd have to say my best guess at a return would be the average, 8%. Now, if we buy that stock and hold it for a year, we can know the return we've earned with certainty. What might it be? Really, it could be anything. It might be some ghastly Enron-type stock that goes to zero. Or it might be something better, something Googleicious, for example. With one stock picked out of a hat, it could really be anything. Now, if we did this over and over, our average result would approach 8%. However, if we put all our money in one stock, we would be taking a huge risk. If something bad happens to that company, we are sunk. So let's diversify. Let's pull 
two tickers out of the hat. How should we do now? Well, if we did this over and over, we'd still earn the average return, 8%. But if we just pick two stocks and invest 50% of our money in each one, we might be in for a wild ride. We would be better diversified than we were with one stock. If one of the two companies was a dog, maybe it would be offset by the other one. If we wanted even more diversification, we could randomly select three stocks, or four stocks, or ten, or fifty, or even more, right? Now we are diversified, and there is something magical about diversification. Actually, it is mathematical. Nice, huh? See what I did there? I'm sorry. Let's move on. It is mathematical because in this example, your expected return from randomly selected stocks is the average, 8%. That's true regardless of the size of your randomly selected portfolio. One stock, 8% expected return. 10 stocks, 8% expected return. 100 stocks, 8% expected return. Now, what's the difference between a portfolio with 1, 10, or 100 stocks? The risk. If you only own one stock and that company happens to go out of business, your investment disappears. If you have a portfolio with 100 companies and one goes out of business, maybe that will be offset by another company that does exceptionally well. Probably most of your stocks won't fail and they won't be skyrockets. Most of them will hover around that average market return. So the bottom line is that if you are well diversified, your exposure to a catastrophic loss is less than if you are not well diversified. Diversified portfolios tend to track with the overall market and achieve something close to the average market return. And they're also a lot less volatile than portfolios that are not diversified. I personally think that this is huge because many people think that they can handle volatility, but when they see the value of their portfolio drop dramatically, they sometimes panic and they sell at the very worst time. So diversification helps me sleep better at night, and it also helps me avoid emotional responses. Now I want to be clear that I'm not recommending that you randomly select 100 stocks and plunge your life savings into them. Randomness is a mathematical term, and it was a necessary ingredient for my example. The bottom line is that when you diversify, you can maintain the same expected return while eliminating a lot of company-specific risk. People do this every day by investing in mutual funds and index funds. Hmm, mutual funds, index funds? Sounds like something we should spend some time on in a future episode. Hey, I really appreciate you tuning in to Stulenium Radio. I hope that you'll subscribe to my podcast on the iTunes Music Store and tell your friends about Stulenium Radio. If you have any questions, requests, or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to me, stulenium at gmail.com. It's a blast to hear from you, and I really appreciate your comments and ideas. Don't forget to check out my website, stulenium.com. Until next time, Jonathan Stewart, Stulenium Radio.
We would be the best. <laughs>